Easily the worst joke I've ever heard. <laughs> Easily. Do this. Meet me at the ice cream truck. I'll buy you some ice cream. You know what I mean? The show is obscene, but I bet you gon' like these three dudes trying to get along. Craig Coleman and Matt Fulcheron. Don't forget to start the show. EA Dub, Eric Allen Winner. Let's roll. Trying to keep up. Turn up the AC stage. You know. Oh, yeah. Eat it up. Time to devour the full charge power hour. Welcome. To the Full Charge Power Hour. I'm Matt Fulcheron, a.k.a. The Full Charge, a.k.a. Bachelor Number 2. I'm here with a very special guest. Yes. Longtime friend, Mr. Claude Stewart. What's up, my brother? Now, um, you guys, my charge heads, my sweethearts, my darlings, you have homework to do, uh, and it involves paying me. Uh, If you could donate... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a donate button on the website uh, I would like to thank My new favorite person on earth No offense Claude uh, Kimberly Maynard Just made a very generous donation And uh, I just want to thank you It's very nice Especially at the end of the month Claude Dude that's perfect Big donation at the end of the month Right Just when I need it Just when you need it But you send it to me Mwah 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 I'm glad it's a girl so I can fucking blow kisses and express myself how I really feel. Um, there's an album that I did called This is the Part of the Job I Hate. You can get it on cdbaby.com. And, and, February 6th, the Irvine Improv. Uh, if you live in Orange County, if you live in Southern California, come see me at the Irvine Improv. This can be a horrible venue to do. Am I wrong, Claude? Well, yeah. The, 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 you know the problem with the Irvine Improv? Here's the problem with the audience at the Irvine Improv. They, uh, they're they, not my fans. No, no. They're, well, they, they look like uh, porn stars, <laughs> right. but they get offended. But when they're you, as dumb uh, as porn stars. But that's the problem. <laughs> Their, their physicality and their mental capacity is the equivalent of points. <laughs> They're bankers, but they act like they suck dick for a living. <laughs> you can't talk about Jesus or, or anything. So that's why I need all the charge heads, all the full charge power hour fans to come on out. I think I'm going to try to put Craig Coleman on that bitch. Oh, uh, we'll see how it goes. Try to make an event. I'd like to, I'd like to get Eric Wendell there. But uh, I don't. Maybe I don't. Have him open and then have Craig rant right after. Ten minutes is a long time for someone who's never done stand-up comedy. And, and you got to figure there's only going to be about six of my fans there. <laughs> We're going to love it, right? And then the other eight people there. Who is this asshole? <laughs> Why is he trying to sell T-shirts to everybody? He hasn't told a joke yet. Uh, my T-shirt's not ready yet, but um, I'm going to stand outside anyways. Uh, you can buy. <laughs> An advanced copy of my T-shirt. Uh, can anybody help me uh, do a website? <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all the homework I have for you. Claude, you want to plug some dates, I'm sure. I was just trying to find my website so I could properly plug them. On, on. Ah, Christ. Okay, so this, this weekend, uh, this is yeah. going to be going on uh, next week, right? This will be out on Monday. That's too bad, folks. You missed me at uh, Comedy <laughs> Palace in you, San Diego. You killed, right? I killed it. <laughs> Every show. Wendell was not there. Yet he sold more T-shirts than I did, which is odd. <laughs> so basically, uh, 
I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, February the sixth through the eighth, I will be at Joker's Casino in Richland, Washington. Come on, Tri City area, baby. I went up there one time and I was. It's oh rich, yeah, you did it's that. Richland, right? Yeah. I went up there and I was like, yeah, it's good to be here in Kirkland, Washington. And everyone's like, fuck <laughs> you, suck a dick, fuck you. It's their rival fuck football you. town. And I go, it was an honest mistake. And then I looked down the audience, I'm like. We're not going to recover from this, are we? They're just looking at me like, nope, dude. Fuck you. I was like, well, welcome to the longest 45 minutes of my life. Probably yours, too. And just, just like basically fought him for the rest of the show. Did, did you get it back or was it just like a... Little... I totally got him back, but that yeah, was like, see? that was a, um, you know, that, they held a grudge. Let's put it that the, way. This son they of a held bitch, a grudge. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you insulted a guy's wife and then right. had to <laughs> yeah. complete the job interview. Holy crap. Anything else you want to plug? You know, go down the whole I, list. I've got man. a bunch of. I mean, but I, it's all on my website. What's I, the I, What's the website? It, just go to ClaudeStewart.com. Just C L A U D E S T U A R T dot com. And you got lots of stuff for sale on the website too, don't you? Oh yeah, you know, shirts, panties, yeah. boxers, right. DVDs. Right. Um, February twenty fourth, my wife and I are going to have our first tax appointment. <laughs> I thought you said baby. <laughs> well, the like baby's April the first. Like yeah. people can come out to it. <laughs> it's an IMAX. Okay. Tell me if this bothers you. Because there's like, you know me. Everything bothers me. I was going to say. It, yes. And I'm, I'm learning that, and this is a prime example, that it bothers me. Not so much what people do. Just the fact that they're like, I don't have to follow the rules. But this one, this one always gets me and it always has. And I wrote material about this when I first started, but never really committed to it. But it okay. drives me insane is... People smoking cigarettes at the gas station. Oh, yeah. That yeah. drives me fucking nuts. Have they never seen Hitchcock's The Birds? <laughs> because, let's face it, chances are we're not going to blow up and we're not going to be completely disfigured right. through the method of complete, total agony. <laughs> and then to live a life of disfigurement after that. There's no, there's no upside to this gas station blowing up. No. Um, and everyone's just like, no, I'm, I'm cool with that. that. Everyone that does it, I've seen it a million times. Now, I was about to go into the gas station. I immediately stopped pumping my gas. When this happened? That's what I do now. I'm like, instead of getting stressed out about it. Oh, there you go. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But, but, but then. <laughs> what? But then I'm still such a nerd. And I still depend on writing things off on my taxes so much for survival <laughs> that I press receipt and it said, it said receipt inside. You, oh, know, no. you know this deal. Oh, right? yeah. That happens like, I don't know, 50% of yeah, the time. Yeah, a good 50%. So I go in there and I almost, because I, I really hate being this guy that's like, um, there's someone outside, you know, complaining You don't want to be a rat. Yeah, but yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to say something. I get inside <laughs> and... The guy that's smoking follows me inside and goes up to the cash register. He's the fucker uh, that works there. No way. <laughs> this is an employee. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just like, well, fuck. Usually I'm really wow. cool and polite. And I was just like, yeah, can I get a receipt for pump three? And he yeah. was like really cool. And I was just like, you're a dick. <sighs> yeah, thank you. I'm still polite when I'm a dick, though. That's the thing. <laughs> I got too good of manners. Yeah. Um, you, you are polite to being a dick. But it is, uh, it is obvious when you don't want to talk to someone, though, because I've been with you on the, on, on the road, and the waitress is a little too chatty. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. 
So I have some flapjacks. <laughs> I've gotten better in my old age. And we've talked about this. When me and you were on the road together, it was Hangover City. Oh, God. It was yeah. either a hangover or a uh, defeating the hangover with alcohol. Yeah. Those yeah. are the only two moods. <laughs> it was drunk and hungover for two weeks. It was Except retarded. for when we rested into my friend Brandon McCurry's. But even then, there was drinking. Yeah. We just didn't get out of control. Yeah. Um, and by that time, our tolerance was so high, we could have drank fucking moonshine out of a fucking <laughs> garden <fish>. hose. <laughs> um, so, I, I did... Uh, I got a call on like Thursday or Friday to do the Carson Daly show. Oh, yeah. That's right. And uh, I'm psyched because I haven't done anything on TV I didn't realize it. It's been like three years since I've done anything on TV. Oh, really? Three? And this, check out this format. You've probably heard about this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, we tape 10 minutes of a set at the Ice House, which for those that don't know, the Ice House is a candy from baby room. Oh, dude, yeah. It's, it's just like, cake you're walk. just going to kill it. The audience laughs like crazy. So you do 10 minutes, and then they... Um, they cut it down to like two and a half. And then and they not in a row. And they, not in a row, exactly. Right? 30 seconds, then the show. Then they mix with an interview of you, like you're like fucking Jackie Gleason or somebody. I can't wait to see your interview. <laughs> My interview is funny because like yeah. the questions, the interview questions are about comedy completely like just take all the magic out of it mm-hmm. for me. They're like, so what's your writing process? And. You know, who are your influences? Yeah, yeah. And Who's blah, your inspiration? Blah, blah. That's it's my like, favorite. yo, just watch the set <laughs> and figure it out. Like, who do you think are my influences? Right. But, and no disrespect to them because they were really cool. And I'm sure, like, we, we interviewed for like a half an hour. I'm sure they can get something cool that's not stale. Let's hope, right? You know, because the, they're going to cut that down to two and a half minutes, too. But um, I, I get, oh, they also don't want to know what material you're doing. Which any other time? Oh, I didn't know that. Any other time you're doing TV, they're like, uh, "I want to see every single word you're going to use." Fine tooth comb, yeah. Because you can't use any like companies, businesses, bad words. People might not like jokes about frogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it's like uh, detrimental to Iranian culture or some shit. <laughs> right, you right. just don't know ethnicities. Yeah, there's a lot. And and when I, actually when I. Go, in the interview, they're like, wow, that was like all new material. It's like, well, what did you want? Like, shit, I've already done. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff I did on three other shows? They really, I was surprised. They really made it about like uh, Matt Fulcheron, new look, new material, new style. They totally were like, dude, oh, wow. you've changed. And they almost made it about like, because it's been a gradual change for me, so I didn't notice. Yeah, yeah. So much. Like you had longer hair. But it's kind of cool that they made, and I don't do any of those jokes anymore. Basically, I just do like straight up regular, like personal, just very personal comedy. And I'm not like, here's the joke. Why didn't you laugh at the joke? Here's another right, joke. Right. That joke was hilarious. I just get up there and talk now. I've taken it like crazy back to basics to a point where I've never been. Nice. I started up here conceptually and now I'm just down to like a basic thing. But that's what like everybody does when they start getting somewhere, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, obviously I'm not, you know, uh, Bill Burry, Louis C.K. I'm only talking about 10 new minutes here. These guys are a new hour. Right. But the point is like, okay, I'm just going to talk about my life now. And I'm like, 
getting to that point. Yeah. It was kind of cool they noticed it because I didn't think it was that uh, prevalent. I, I just saw Bill Burr last night, by the way. I just saw <laughs> some especially did, and I'd seen it before. You people are all the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn, dude. It's so – I'm sitting here alone in this goddamn apartment laughing my fucking ass off. It's right? so fucking good. <laughs> It's so fucking good. It's, I know you feel the same way. I know you're a big Bill Burr fan. Yeah. No, I saw him at the comedy store last night. And, uh, well, I, to- I told you he was doing the bit of, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people have kind of talked about it. You fight with your girlfriend or whatever. Sure. But, you know, it's just like, he's well, like. Hold on. You don't want to blow this joke, do you? Uh, uh, oh, I thought it was already out. I thought it was. Uh, it was already out? Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. One of his greatest hits now, but uh, oh, okay, go ahead. But no, I, I dig it. The, the, that whole thing where uh, you get to fight the girlfriend, you're supposed to sleep on the couch. He's like, "Yeah, you go into the bedroom." She goes, "What are you doing? <laughs> Not sleeping on the fucking couch?" I tell you that. <laughs> Wait, where, where are you gonna sleep? I'll sleep on you. I'm bigger than you. What are you gonna do? You're not doing shit. What are you going to do? <laughs> I love that Bill Burr's bigger than somebody. <laughs> I love the fact that he was in Breaking Bad, too. Oh, it's right? so awesome, dude. He's definitely my favorite comic mm. by a landslide. He's arguably... By knockout. The, the funniest No, no decision yeah. was made by the judges. This is a fucking knockout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm getting ready to go do uh, Carson Daly. And uh, it doesn't matter how easy it is. I'm starting to get like a little bit nervous and shit. Oh, I gotta yeah. go like swim laps, <laughs> take my aggressions out like a white person. <laughs> and I get um, I get this little text message. Let's see if I can bring it up from our body. Did you listen to uh, Adam Richmond's um, episode of the Full Charge Power Hour? By the way, I have not. I was too busy doing my uh, Wendell <laughs> research. <laughs> so our mutual friends. Adam Richmond writes me and says, I hear you're doing Carson Daly tonight. Congrats. And you're welcome. Ha ha. <laughs> and I, I say, now we'll pick this apart in a minute because every sentence in that is funny to me. I said, really? And this is not, I'm reading it kind of sarcastically now, but I honestly, because I know he's done the show. Yeah. I go, really? You hooked that up? And he goes, yeah, man, I set them up with the ice house and submitted a handful of people. You were one of like 10 peeps I gave them. So he's making it seem like everybody on the show was submitted by him. Right, right. He's the manager of all of you. (laughs) Adam Richmond, collective manager. Like he's calling up Carson's cell phone. Hey, uh, check this out. I got got some guys for you. I mean, assuming you don't want to use me again, I got some guys for you. Um. I have to tell you something about him. Go ahead. Last night, I see him at the store, and I told him I was, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm going to do a full charge podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good podcast. I did that. Like, really? Is it good when you're on there? No. Uh, but I, Did he do it? He, he, he hijacked my podcast. <laughs> He's the full Richmond power hour. <laughs> and he played the part of Wendell. He played Craig Coleman. <laughs> he kept going like, at one point, he actually says, why are we talking about this? I don't want to talk about this. Let's talk about this, something else. Like Literally, that's what he said. And then he starts talking about what he wants to talk about. Even though me, Coleman, and Wendell are all dying laughing about something. <laughs> like It's one of those shows where I had a hard time getting it going. Yeah, yeah. And I finally got it going. And he goes, <laughs> nope. <laughs> he then proceeds to give Gravity, that movie Gravity, oh, yeah, yeah. a bad review. Yeah. 
I, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this movie in your life. It's, it's wow. just like, you know, you might not like, I don't know anyone besides Richmond who doesn't like it, mm-hmm. but visually it's so well done. It's just an hour and a half of someone being in turmoil in space in real time. Oh, in real it's time. Amazing. Oh, wow. It almost seems That's like, hard to do. It almost seems like there's no cuts. I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like there's no cuts. So it's 90 minutes of her pretty much in this predicament. Oh, wow. Different predicaments well, that yeah. all lead up to one big fucking pile of shit. Oh, my God. And, the, like, you know, the, it's like you're, every second. It's one movie. I saw it in 3D, too. It was one movie where I was like, really, my heart rate was up. Yeah, yeah. And I had trouble breathing. Like, it's that Holy stressful. Shit. Like, your, your review is much different than uh, Mr. Magid because he's like, he, he goes, no, it's good. It, it's really good. It's like a castaway in outer space. Is that yeah? But very it's like Castaway, if there were like sharks always chasing him, <laughs> like okay. ca- in Castaway, he's not always about to die. It's more about like he just survived it. The question of existence on your own with no conveniences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's more of like an existential philosophical movie. Yeah, this yeah. is like you're gonna fucking die. What are you gonna do? Right, right. You don't have any. You, you're dealing in a world you're not used to, even though you're completely trained. And you know more than the average person. What are you going to fucking do to survive? You're going to die every five minutes. You're going to sack up. Wow. And every five minutes. Jesus. Of course, I don't know what it looks like to be in space, but the shit looks real. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't seem like there's not a whole lot of like cutting and stuff. It just seems like you're actually there watching someone try to survive in space once their spaceship has been destroyed. Should Sandra Bullock have been nominated, in your opinion? I don't know. I don't give a fuck about. No, no. Um, but did you were you riveted by the acting, or were you, was it more the the situation that that's really um, what was compelling? Acting to me, <laughs> you're asking the wrong person. Because yeah, sure, give her an Oscar nomination. Why not? Because she, she's nominated. I just wonder. Yeah. Why not? You know me. I see the nominees. She every was year. good, and and uh, I mean, I don't even know how you could be bad in that movie, but she was good. Yeah. When a movie's that good, I don't know. When a movie's that good, just stand fucking still. <laughs> I mean, sure, give it to her. I don't give a fuck. I, I, right. I don't understand, like, I don't understand the Oscars and, like, giving awards. I, I can't, I know you're way into it. Well, no, I just wish they would do comedy and drama. Like, you know, like the Golden Globes, they separate it. Yeah. I think it's just too difficult to, sure. to lump everything in, but, you know. Um, <clears throat> I wish they, oh, oh, but sorry. Just, uh, to, acting's a weird thing, too, because I read a thing when I was really, really young. Where they're like, it was basically like they did an experiment in like Russia or somewhere way back in the day where like if they showed a person's face standing still Mm -hmm. and then they cut to a dead dog, everyone was like, yeah, that actor was really sad. That character was really Ah. sad. If they showed the same picture and they showed like a birthday, cut to a birthday party, they're like, yeah, he's really happy. It's his daughter's birthday party. Like I think acting, I think, I do think acting is difficult, but I think it's more about doing nothing than doing something. And that's why I don't like a lot of comedy actors because they go fucking nuts and it's over the They get really big, yeah, yeah. Take The Office, for example. The Office in England was like a very subtle thing where the actors didn't do a whole lot. Right. The American version, and like I think it's an American problem, is just like people screaming and shouting and dancing and falling down (laughs) and throwing basketballs off of buildings. It's out of control. And I don't think it's as funny, but whatever. 
Yeah, it, it's 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 apples and oranges, and but the, I would argue too that it's uh, they deliberately took two different you know approaches. You know, it's sure. kind of like British. I mean, Ricky Gervais, that, that's his humor. It's very biting, very cynical, but it's subtle. He doesn't right. need to fall on his face, you know. But right, I, I think when they uh, well, it was uh, Greg Daniels, right? When Greg Daniels produced it. I don't. I, think, I don't know. Yeah, and I think he you know enjoys slapstick and kind of cartoony. Sure. You know, All right, did. and I'm going to tell you this too. I do think the American Office is funny. I just think it's weird it's that, like, it's the office. Yeah. <laughs> because, it's true. Because yeah. it comes from some place that's completely different right. than that. But the I only get similarity it. is that they work in an office. I, and that's yeah, it. I get it. I totally get it. I totally get it. <laughs> but you're it. right, though. The British is, uh, it, it is funny. America also doesn't know when to fucking cut the cord. God. <laughs> Can we stop doing remakes? Can we please stop doing remakes? I heard this. Like, I'm always like, okay, you want to remake that. It's going to suck. That's fine. But my first strong reaction I've had to a remake so far is I heard they're remaking The Naked Gun. And I just can't imagine it without Leslie Nielsen. No, you you can't. It's he's the perfect like film noir deadpan guy. Well, yeah, no, he was. We all know the story of him. I mean, he did film noir and he did uh, he, he did like science fiction movies right. and he played it straight. He was a dramatic yeah. actor. And then the Zucker brothers thought he was hysterical. He didn't change his delivery at all. <laughs> Dude, you know what, Matt? In college, I they I was like a radio TV major. Okay, they wouldn't let me minor in film. Yeah, for whatever reason. So, right. but every time I had an elective, I would take a film course. Yeah. Right, we took a science fiction class, and uh, and the Naked Gun was really popular at the time, right, right? right? And dude, Leslie Nielsen was in one of them, and the teacher was like, guys, this is serious, okay? I want you to pay attention to this, you know? Like, he's the quintessential thespian. And right, and he's saying could... things like, surely this Martian can't be from outer space. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> chicken or fish? I remember, I had lasagna. <laughs> you gave the Martian lasagna? <laughs> but I could just, there's this one scene that where uh, this woman, uh, she's an alien, right? And she meets Leslie Nielsen and okay. his two buddies, right? Okay. And she's like, wow, I've, ne- I've never ever met a real human before. And he goes, well, now you've got three at one time. <laughs> Pop, 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 pop. You guys are all eating popcorn and shit and laughing your asses off. The teacher's like, stop it. This is really good stuff. You're like, right. it's hilarious. <laughs> um, An observation about airplane no one ever makes. Go quick. ahead. Uh, it, they're on a plane, right? The entire time? Yeah. Uh, the entire sound effect you hear, though, is not of a plane. It's a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> like, how brilliant is that? It took me six times to get that shit. But is it also like an old, could that also be like an old type of plane? I think they had that too. I think they actually had the, right, the propeller. Right. But then you, you definitely do hear a my, light in the background. My parents were, I, I thought airplane was hilarious when I was a kid, even though I didn't get any of the jokes. Yeah, yeah. Now, and it even took me well into my adulthood to figure out that every single joke in that movie is a parody of another movie. Yes. And that the entire airplane thing is a parody of another movie. Of, of airplane and the disaster movies. But and, there's yeah. parodies of like um, uh, Saturday Night Fever and, um, oh, yeah, and when he's The dancing. Blue Lagoon and um, that, oh, yeah. that Bridges movie where they're like – or no, maybe it's even an older movie where they're making out on the beach and there's like – Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, From Here to Eternity. And, everything yeah. in that movie is a parody of something else. And those guys have only done – um, parodies since then, you know, they started like Top um, Secret and, and things like that. Yeah, Top Secret. I didn't realize what is the, that's a parody of like The Great Escape or something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In Germany, 
And like all Elvis movies too. <laughs> yes. It's a parody of all Elvis movies. He just starts movies. singing for no reason. Um, so that as a kid, I completely missed that. Mm. But it was still so silly that it was fun to watch. For yeah, me. it was goofy. And, um, so I'm watching Airplane when I'm a kid and I'm, I'm laughing my ass off because it's so silly, but I'm still not getting most of the jokes. But my parents keep coming out of, in and out of the room and um, like at the point where they're checking the engine and the hood is up. Oh, yeah, yeah. My dad walks in. He's like, that's hilarious. He's like, that's not how you check the engine on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> your, dad, your dad felt compelled to explain that to you, right? Well, he did because he knew I didn't know. And that's just like one thing he knows. He's good with cars and air. He knows airplanes. He's oh, an course, aerospace engineer. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's hilarious. And then the scene, my mom takes it to a different level. The scene where like, uh, they're on the desert island and they're teaching the natives how to do things. Mm-hmm. And they all start playing basketball and they all start making baskets. Yeah. My mom comes in and she goes, oh, that's funny. That's because they're just saying that black people are really good at basketball naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Mama with the wisdom, man. My mom is like, you know, she's from like, the hippie generation. Yeah. And she's not down with racism at all. But she still comes from like this East Coast family. Where she can't, like, she, she, she knows too much. Yeah. And she saw yeah. too much growing up, so that's still in there. And I had a cat named, uh, growing up, Black Cat. Black Cat? Guess, guess the name of the cat. Blackie. Sambo. Oh, my God. <laughs> For 13 years, we walked Sambo? around this house with this deep, dark secret. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> And you bring it up to my mom, and she's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. My friend told me it'd be a good name. I'm like, yeah, but you lived in Southern Maryland. That was a Southern Maryland (laughs) friend. You can't listen to Southerners come up with names. You got to stick with some fucking enlightened Northeastern fucking names. She was really embarrassed, man. Oh, my God. I I have a a very quick story for you. Yeah, go ahead. I think you'll appreciate it. Go ahead. Okay. Who is... uh, my man, uh, uh, Chris Porter, right? Mm-hmm. This is, and again, I didn't hear this from him. I heard okay. this from a club owner through him. Okay. So Disclaimer, folks. Yes. So This who, may or may not be true. It could be hearsay completely. Yes. But uh, by third hand, uh, our boy uh, Porter, apparently, he, sh- he uh, is on a road trip. He yeah. shows up in that, uh, that Appleton, Wisconsin club that you and I have done. Sure. Right? He shows up a day early. And they're like, yeah, just come to the club. There's a hypnotist. You know, just come. Get drunk. You know, just hang out. Okay. Get drunk and hypnotized. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, okay. Hypnotize it. So he's in the back hanging out. And uh, the, the, the hypnotist is on stage. He's trying to get the crowd going. Right? Yeah. It's a big office party. They're all in the same car. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> This meat I almost little... just retired in the middle of the story. Because <laughs> you know he's making more money than we are. Well, no, so. but I'm also thinking, like, that's just, like, everything I hate about comedy right there. Oh, yeah. Hypnotists and yeah. office parties. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Did I mention there's a bachelorette party at the end? Uh, and they're hot. Uh, so basically, everyone's at the same company. There's this meat little receptionist, so she gets up there, and she's hypnotized, and he's like, okay, listen, you're a lifeguard, and these people are at the pool, and they're just they're, they're horrible. They're screwing things up and breaking things. you got to yell at them and whip them into shape. And she yeah. goes, okay, everybody be quiet. And he's like, man, you need a little more authority. You know, th- these right. are just bad people. He's just go at it. Yeah. She's like, okay, you all need to zip it. <laughs> man, these are the worst people ever. Get him! Don't and, shout what you're about to say, Claude. She goes, "All right, you fucking li-. yeah." <laughs> I swear, <laughs> that's the first thing she went to. And he goes, "Okay, folks, give it up for Cindy." 
Nice round of applause for Cindy. Cindy the racist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but he said he's in the back. Everybody's completely silent, just horror-stricken. And in the back, the other comedians are dying out laughing, beating the table. Because it was so ridiculous. How funny is it <laughs> that such sweet people are walking around with such deep-down... Like nasty things to say. I know deep seated hatred. I mean, Which, you know, she's racist, right? Why would you? Why would that be the first thing that you? I unless she has Tourette's or something. I think it's one of these things where like she's probably old enough to where like that's what how her family talked. Even though her family was like crazy well mannered, there's like it's just like deep down. And someone told her when she was younger, like these this group of people. Is like the worst people, God. and that like clicks something. I don't understand hypnotism because I've never done it. Yeah, I never. Have I almost don't it. believe it. Uh, Fred mm-hmm. Norris from the Howard Stern Show did it, mm-hmm. and and he said it's almost like uh, you have the liberty to do all these things rather than you're like under a spell. So you, you can, can choose just kinda, to go with you it. You can just kind of go with it, and he never felt like he was under. Okay. Or unconscious. He never like blacked out or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of like a thing where like, you know, sometimes you're good at doing impressions of other people, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just like a certain like mental thing you have to adjust to do it. Yeah. But if someone's telling you you are that person and giving you full liberty, right, right. I don't know. I, I, I I'm scared to do it because I don't want to be under anyone's control. That's that's a little scary. No, what if you were not in front of a group of people, just one on one? Like maybe I think hip- that's even scarier. Oh, hypnotherapy would yeah. be like pretend like my dick is the best <laughs> dick you've ever seen, and you're gay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. What if you it was know, a hot chick? That was um, yeah, even worse. Because <laughs> what if I'm not excited? Yeah. You're married to me, and I need all your bank numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Passwords are no. I just I I almost I almost believe in it. Because, you know, so many people, it works on so many people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people swear by it. Um, I know. Oh, dude, remember that cat, uh, Don Bolin? Remember him? Yeah. Comedian? Yeah. He's a hypnotherapist now. Like Hip- the, hypnotherapist? That's his job. He's so, like, so describe what that means to me. Okay, he uh, puts people under. Yeah. yeah. And then he, I guess he hypnotizes them. And then he talks. The first, oh, sorry. They come in and they say, here's my problem. Here's my issue. Okay, what do you want to do about your issue? This is what I want. This is how I want to resolve it. Great. Put some under, and they talk some. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to help you. This is what you. These are steps you need to take to correct your problem. So how do you? Oh, oh, oh. So then you go out and you can quit smoking or whatever. Yeah. Because someone, I could see that working, but I think that's more of a psychological thing. Saying yes, I have been hypnotized. It's you know yes, I have been uh, hypnotized. So like this will work again. It, like it totally depends on you. No. Yeah, you're right. You have to be, to be able to go with it, but. I, I'm just thinking about that little uh, meat receptionist, and she was the receptionist of the entire company. And like, <laughs> dude, you imagine the following business day, every black employee get, yo, what's up, Cindy? <laughs> you didn't get any calls, Reggie. Yeah, sure I didn't. <laughs> sure I didn't. <laughs> Listen, Sheena, um, he's not going to give you a raise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'll be taking my own phone calls from now on. <laughs> oh, my God. So, naturally, in true show business fashion, getting back to this Carson Daly show. Yeah, yeah. 
the way there, my car is like breaking down. Like my transmission oh, is totally going to shit on Dude. the way there. Is it not moving or is it just slowing I'm down? I'm having trouble going in reverse and I'm having trouble getting out of first. Oh my God. And I'm like, this is just so typical <laughs> of show business. Because when you watch someone on TV, especially like stand up, you never go, you're like, wow, that guy's doing it. That guy's, yeah. and I'm gonna like probably look good on this TV show. The set was really good. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be like that dude's killing it. But then what <laughs> you don't know is this fucking car was breaking down. Ah. Oh. And I, it was only in Glendale. It was only like three miles away. Oh my and it's, god! It's like, you could have <laughs> biked there. You could have walked there. <laughs> it's just it never ends. It's so fucking funny to me. It's a long way to the top, isn't it's, it? So yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward. That that's awesome, then, man. That, when, when do you know what you're going to be on? It's not going to be till late February or late March. I'll be sure to pass the. Uh, that's not far away. Yeah. But the way you said that, eh, it's not going to be till three weeks from now. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I did this thing. So I took my car to the mechanic, and it's one of those things where it's just like, he's, I go, yeah, the transmission is really going. And then I came back and he's like, yeah, transmission, transmission is oh awful. Transmission awful. Oh, God. And I go, so what should I do? Just drive it till he's dead? It's dead? He's like, just drive till it's gone. Just drive till it's done. <laughs> no, because fi- fixing a transmission is just like you might as well buy a new car. Exactly. It's the most expensive thing on a right, car. Right, right, right. Um, Jeez. But so I go to my favorite bar in the meantime to get a um, little celebration for uh, my first TV spot in three years. Yeah. And I just love this place. They got great wings. Uh, I made a rookie mistake, though. Oh, no. And that is I sat at the corner of the bar. It was like, completely empty. So I just sat. And there's one guy on this end of the bar. And I go, I'm going to go sit at the other end of the bar. Mm-hmm. Naturally, anyone who comes in will want to sit in this, like, 12 empty chairs that's like in between us. Of course. Yeah, yeah. It's wrong. What happened? This fucking, this British guy and this other guy come and sit down. Now, I've had bad experiences with the corner bar before, and this is why I should know this. Okay. One time, my boy, uh, Tim Conlon, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think you've ever met him. He's a friend of mine from um, the East Coast. He was in my band, The Pimp Daddies. Oh, oh, I was thinking Tom Connolly. Yeah, Tim Conlon. Okay. We sit at the corner of the bar, this bar in D.C., and this dude, this drunk kid, skinny kid next to me is just like, hey, man, he's like, what, what's your name? And this is like one of these places where like there's a billion beers. And like, oh, yeah. you know, you, you have a chance to have like these beers you can't have anywhere else. You get a free T-shirt if you drink every one of them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, it's the type of thing where like a lot of snobs go there. And this guy was one of them, a beer snob. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind do you want to pick out? And I'm like, oh. I don't want to have the my favorite beer conversation where you're describing. I like something heavy with more Odi. I drink beer all the time. Yeah. I don't know dick about it. I just want to get drunk. The less flavor, the better for me. I'm going to be honest. With you. Anytime it's like everyone swears by these IPAs and this flavor and this flavor, it's too heavy for me. I just want something light. So yeah. I just order a Stella, and this dude just like flips out on me. He's like, "Way to be boring, Matt." Is that what he said? Fucking boring, bro. <laughs> I love how he's offended. He is offended. It's your beer. I know. Why can't you just drink and it? And he's even if I order the best beer on the planet, even if there's rainbow shooting out of it, yeah. And like my girlfriend comes when I drink it, <laughs> <laughs> he still doesn't get to drink it. It's my beer. So right, right. Does he care? He should just order what he wants. This is the problem I have with life in general. Yeah, yeah. Just order what you want, and I'll order what we what I want. We happen to live in a country where we can do both. And live side by side. Absolutely. Literally. But everybody's got an opinion. That's the problem. So I forget how the fight escalated, but by the time me and Tim were leaving, 
this dude was like trying to fight us. No and way. And I was just doing this thing where I was just holding him away <laughs> with from one me. hand. Just push. <laughs> How skinny are we talking? Like skinny He's as me? He's really skinny. He's probably skinnier. Oh, wow. Like, and I'm just like holding him. Well, he's like, like, kind of swinging at me. I think. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, he's no, I just want to tell you something. I just want to tell you something. Yeah. As he's swinging, at <laughs> I think that's how it went down. I do know by the end of it, I was just holding him away from me, like, dude, fucking back up. Yeah, yeah. Another time, I was out uh, with this girl that I really liked, and it was like the first time we were like hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually actually worked for like my casting company you know she was like worked at the what do you call that fucking she was in my commercial agent there you go jesus christ how long have i been casting in this company <laughs> you know the uh she, the was, movie, ass, eh? she was in the movie business <laughs> we're hanging out we're sitting in the corner and this dude is just everything i'm saying he's he, he's just going don't listen to him he's a liar uh. <laughs> he's a liar just cock block <laughs> yes he knows he's not he's cock blocking just for sport He's a stranger. He knows nothing about you, right? Yeah, but she's so cute that there's no way he's letting this happen. Have her. <laughs> um, so how's she taking it? How's she handling him? Yelling? She was cool. She was like, we'd like known each other for a while and we really wanted to hang out. So it was kind of like, this dude was not doing any damage. Okay, good. As much as he was trying, he was only making me look better. And you both were enjoying actually him. Oh, we were idiot. having a good time. <clears throat> it's bad news she had like some boyfriend like some pro surfer boyfriend or something and then like we're waiting for some taxi cab to come and she's my commercial agent too yeah oh shit <laughs> not really she just like works for my commercial agency yeah the cab comes she just starts like making out with me alright one of these things that like never really got going but was like always there we were de- I moved to the west side and she was like oh cool you moved to the west side let's go like we had gone out but like it was like make out, but it never really escalated. She's like, we're going to go. We're going to hang out all the time now that you're on the west side. You know, call me. We're going to go like ride bikes or whatever tomorrow. All right. <laughs> I like, I called her and like never got a call back. And then like just recently I saw on Facebook that like she had gotten married. And it said like, oh, oh yeah, ever since July 2007, you've been my, I'm like, oh, that was it. Ah, no way. Dr. Handsome showed up. That's okay. Dr. Handsome. <laughs> Knocked full charge out the box. Dude, well, why didn't, when you say it, you made out but it didn't escalate, why didn't it escalate? Because you were outside? Or I don't you, know. It was, she was hot or cold with me. Mm, okay. And yeah. like, you mean at that particular time, she had, she had a boyfriend. Uh, okay. So you just, just knew you weren't going to go home with she her. Was just, she was like 23 and she was just like fucking Perfect. around with She was fucking <laughs> around with the all of us. Okay. Why should she ever yeah. have a boyfriend at 23? Me or the other dude. Yeah. You know what the, I mean? Right. So um, so I'm sitting at the corner, and this dude shows up. And he's like, ah, oh, this is my favorite. I can't do a fucking accent for shit. What is he, Italian? He, no, he's fucking British. What? <laughs> oh, this is my favorite he's bar. Like, hey, my favorite bar, but there's no pizza bar. You know, we're an average English guy. Where are you from? Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> My British it always just sounds too much like Liverpool. Like, this is my favorite bar. It just sounds like the Beatles. Anyways, I'm not going to do the accent. He's just like, this is my favorite bar. I used to come here all the time. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I love it. And I'm just like, you know me. I'm just trying to squash it. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I love it. I love this bar, too. Now, folks, he says that on paper what Matt's saying is I love this bar, too. But what he's really saying is shut your face, dickhead. I'm trying to get through my day. I'm trying to enjoy myself. I don't want to talk to you. So he keeps he keeps talking, um, and he keeps talking to my my pride gets the best of me. 
Okay. I always try to tell people I'm not a comic, but my pride gets the best of me because I secretly want everyone to know. Right. I've seen and it happen. That, he goes, "Where are you coming?" He's like, you, "He's like you don't. He's like you don't work today." And I'm like, "I already went to work." Because I taped that Carson Daly. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, where are you coming from? And I could have easily said, well, I'm dropping my car off at my mechanics. It was less about being a comic and more about telling him I wasn't a complete piece of shit at a bar in the middle of the day. Right, right. Like, I'm not a loser alcoholic. Right, I'm just an alcoholic. I'm a winner (laughs) alcoholic. I said, I just taped something for the Carson Daly show. I'm a a stand-up comedian. And he just starts going off. He's like, oh, yeah, I love L.A. You know, everyone's got the day off, but they're still, like, successful, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's like, my friend, you know, he does sound on um, Two and a Half Men. You know, he does sound. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's an Emmy Award winner. And I'm like, that's great, you know. I'm so holding it, the boom. He's I, an Emmy. So then this guy sits down. This actual guy that he was just talking about sits oh, down. Oh, okay, okay. And he tells him the whole deal. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, you know, I work for two and a half men. He's like, stand up. He goes into this game. I don't know if you've ever been a part of this conversation, but it's no fun. Stand up comedy, that's a really rough racket. It's everybody I talk to. I go, I know. And they've never done it. I go, I I know, but like, uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, but I'm fucking doing it. So, like, what are you talking about? I just did a TV show. What are you you talking about? (laughs) He's just like, yeah, I know, uh, you know, all these guys, a lot of stand-ups become TV writers. All these TV writers work for uh, two and a half, man. I, I, I know them, you know. The stand-up, though, you really got to start writing TV. Like, stand-up's just like a bad business. Stand-up this, uh, stand-up that. What a dick. Not let it go. It's like, dude, I'm not going to take your job away from you, but you have nothing to do with comedy. You have nothing to do with writing. <laughs> you're, you're in post-production or production which I'm not saying that's not difficult, and I'm not saying you don't have your skills. But it's not comedy. But I'm doing it. Right. You're not. Right. I'm not even just doing it. I'm doing, like, I'm doing something. Right. Like creative. Successful. I'm, I'm putting myself out there. I'm actually doing it. I'm actually successful. And you're telling me that it's impossible and basically telling me I haven't really done anything yet. In a way. In he's a way. shitting on your career. But you, know mean, what, but you know what he's doing. He doesn't doing. think he is. You know what he's doing. At this point, you've got to give it to me. These guys are annoying. Uh, dude, <laughs> 100%. 100%. But what he's doing is he like obviously went like a really safe route with his life. Yes. Where like you probably want to do something a little more creative. Mm-hmm. Maybe. He's probably a musician Maybe. or something. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right? what he is. He's probably a guitarist. He's a, he's a musician who stopped doing music. The band didn't make it. And he's just trying to tell me basically how difficult it is to be a musician. Exactly. Projection. This is why I didn't live my dream. And uh, I hate to tell you, kid, but you're probably not going to live yours. <laughs> Even though they don't know the details, I think he missed the whole Carson Daly thing. Mm. I think he just thinks I'm just like some fucking Joe off the street who just showed up with a suitcase and a fucking straw in my mouth. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> we have fun and games. Yeah. I've been here forever. Right. I, I fucking work as a comic, whatever. Um, and then on the way out, the guy's like, the other guy's like a journalist. And he's just like, yeah, you better be funny. I'm going to review your shit. And blah, blah. I'm like, you're going to review my special from three years ago? <laughs> it's, it's already fucking out. That's awesome. Do you have a special? I'm like, yeah. I'll see you guys later. Ah, uh, nice. You guys later. But they totally ruined my wings, dude. They totally so ruined my did wings. You, did you not let him know at all? Like, listen, man, do you understand what you're saying to me? You, you, you'd have been proud of me. You know, I just, I laughed at all their jokes. Oh, uh, okay. And okay. I didn't fight them. 
I just took my little beating because I knew what it was at this point. You recognize the deal. I yeah. know like he's unhappy with his thing. He also doesn't know like pe- people are a little bummed out uh, when they see someone still trying or, or succeeding or whatever I'm doing. They're a little bummed doing a dream. Yeah, out that yeah. they didn't like keep with it. Of course. Or whatever. Or that, even worse, they didn't even try it in the first place. There's yes. always people telling you how hard it is, but well, we, we know how hard it is because we're actually doing we're like we're, we're in there. We're doing it. Right, right. We're not like trying to do it people, and sending people, out resumes. We're fucking doing it. Absolutely. No, people say that to me. They, they say that to me all the time that they meet, and I, they don't think they're being rude. They, I think they're kind of curious and fascinated and, oh, my God, this is what you're doing. But a lot of times, honestly, to me, it sounds offensive because – People will say like, "Oh, you're coming! Oh man, that's hard." I'm like, "Oh, really? How long have you been doing it?" That's right. You haven't. You have no idea what the fuck right. you're talking. About. You know. Right. But I mean, I will talk to him sometimes. I go, "Yeah, man, that's uh, you travel a lot. Uh, that's that's really hard." Couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Yeah, I'm like, I could. I love the travel. I think right. it's great. Right. You're married, isn't that tough? Not at all. I'm gone half the time. We miss each other all the time. It's romantic when I right. see her. So fuck yourself. It's like we're dating our whole lives. Absolutely, it's exciting. So. so and they'll also they'll do that about anything. They'll do that about anything like they secretly want to do but don't have the balls. They're trying to get you to admit. Like McCaffrey was always tells me people when he travels, people always say to him, "Oh, New York City, I could never live there. The place is a dumpster." They know all this stuff about it. They know all these reasons why they yeah, couldn't yeah. go there. Which means all they do is sit around and think about, "Man, I wish I lived in New York City." <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, <laughs> dude. dude. Do you get this when you're on the road? Do you, tell, you ever tell somebody you're, you're, uh, you live in L.A. and they'll go, oh, I'm sorry. Right, you know, right. I'm not because you live in Arkansas. So what? <laughs> right. Really? You'd rather live here? You know? you can't, I can't understand why anybody's got anything against or problems with, again, other people's lives. Like, I don't ever spend time thinking about, like, oh, man, I could never live in Seattle, Washington. I say, of course I can live in Seattle, Washington. Looks great. Right, right. Because I'm not like, um, what do you call it? I'm not going back and forth in my head about it. Like I've done so many things. I've done so many things in my life. I don't, I just don't have problems with people that way. Um, And and me and you, stand-up is hard. But guess what? You don't have to do it all at once. You go to the open mic. You get a little bit better. Yeah. You get a little bit better. Yeah, I, and, Somebody booked you for a show. Then, I understand yeah. the fear of trying things because I'm nervous before I go on stage every single time. Right, right. But there weren't a whole lot of days in between me saying I want to do a, be a stand-up com- comic and actually get on stage. Mm-hmm. It was maybe like mm-hmm. a month or maybe two. I didn't wrestle with it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, let me f- I just had to figure out how to get on stage and get a couple minutes together. And then once you did that, then it just kind of it's all baby grew. steps. Yeah. It's all baby steps. And sometimes you fail. Sometimes you advance too quickly for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, say, the first 100 <clears throat> times I headlined. <laughs> 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 but it's like, you know, I don't know. Just fucking, it's not that hard in a way. As long as you put the work in. It, I mean, if you have an inkling to do it, and, you know, if you've got drive and some sort of talent, what's stopping you? you most, most people can't deal with not being comfortable not knowing like where their income is coming from but you don't right but you're right. not like okay i'm a stand-up comedian now okay i have to quit my job no it's it a transition not like that at it's all a transition because you're not going to uh, get hired for five years <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
Remember the coconut teaser, dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The crooked was, bar downstairs. I was just on, let me plug really quick. I was just on the Naughty Show with Sam Tripoli, and we talked a oh, lot nice. about that. Yeah, yeah. But what were you going to say about that? Well, that, that was the first time I, I technically, well, no, I guess I did have like a one-nighter in Texas before that, but I technically made money. That's where I learned how to headline. Yeah. Because I could bring, you know, the crowd or whatever, but I, I had four part-time jobs. I just invited everybody from every job, yeah. and I would do it once a month, and then, uh, you know, pr- pretty much I'm reading a list of jokes that were sitting on a stool, but I mean... Yeah, that's kind of how I learned, I guess. It's got to be the, you can, It's the only way to do it. It's like you just got to fucking jump. Jump into, into the fire, the baby. goddamn deep end. So, <laughs> we learned that. You rustic in. I love you, but some of the riffraff showing up. <laughs> they were all doing this thing where like they're watching soccer overseas. And they're wearing like their uniforms and shit. Wait, who's doing this? <laughs> These guys I was talking to. Oh, God. <laughs> they were wearing like the shirts. They were wearing the uniform. Not, yeah, I guess the one guy was from England, so I guess that's legitimate. I mean, you know, I'm like a tennis fanatic, but I would never show up with a racket, you know, <laughs> at a bar. <laughs> I got a headband, a sweatband on. Come on, Federer. <laughs> okay, oh, uh, this is a part of the show where we remind you to follow a guy named Harold4000 on Twitter. Uh, Who is that, Harold4000? Harold4000. We told you to follow him last week. I I don't even want to give out the fucking handle anymore because it's got the N-word in it. Okay. So just type in Harold4000. And it's hard to read his quotes without saying the N-word. But we want him to have like a million followers. Me and Tom Segura came up with this. And it's working. Uh, This is a tweet he put out last Monday when our podcast dropped. It says, shout out to all my new followers. Y'all came out of nowhere, but it, with it, but I can dig it. Uh, If you're not on board, he writes tweets such as this. We'll just give you some examples. Uh, Looking at the moon like, God, this what you got for me? Hashtag fuck that. He tweets like every two minutes. Uh, Oh, one of those. You know what Vegeta is? V-E-G-E-T-A? It's an Italian vinaigrette. No, I have no idea. <laughs> it was only so Vegeta let go off his pride for him to reach his potential as Cyan. I don't know if I can do that. Is that Game of Thrones? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cyan! <laughs> it's like awesome. in two people sometimes caring love and that it's fuck everything side good spider bad spider. Spider? <laughs> to be honest, I can't fuck if no passion, and it meaning I only make love, and since the world is cold, what can I to do? So, guys, get on this. <laughs> Please follow Harold4000, and don't tell, you, don't tell him I told you to do it. That's the fun of this, okay? Because I don't want to be blocked by him. He blocked Segura for no good reason. Why? Because Segura... Made fun of him. He doesn't, this guy, as much as he's on Twitter, he doesn't understand how Twitter works. So, so Tom retweeted him, and then one of Tom fans replied to that tweet, which went to Tom and Harold4000. Okay. So then Tom keeps going back and forth with this guy, and Harold4000's in there. But he doesn't understand there's a separate conversation going on. He just kind of thinks, like, it's unrelated. So someone <laughs> says to Tom, someone calls Tom old, and Tom writes to both of them back, Fuck you, how old are you? And then Harold 4000 is like, don't worry how old I am, motherfucker. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Fuck me. Fuck you. It's like, all right, calm down. <laughs> okay. That's hilarious. Let's answer some of these. Uh, Biff's, yeah. Get him to tweet with Wendell. What? 
You, this guy to tweet with Wendell? Um, I don't know if we can make that happen. Yeah, guys, <laughs> if you can somehow incorporate Wendell into Herald 4000, we'll throw Wendell under the bus once again. Wendell, I know you're listening. I love you, buddy. No, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Biff Sweetwriter writes to both of us, what's the worst gig town either of you have performed in? Mm. It's tough to say. People always ask you. Is yeah. another thing. People always – This I answer this question – Maybe four or five times a week. Yeah. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Which makes me think they really, it's the same mentality of like gladiators. It's like, what's the worst you've ever had your ass kicked by a lion? Mm-hmm. And that's how like scared people are of this, like this fucking thing we do. I know. And they want to hear about the train wreck. So what's the worst town? And it's hard for me to say. They're all kind of the same. It, well, it's not to, to me like a bad gig or whatever. It's not a town. It's just like what happened that night or the crowd. Yeah, I've had the know? best show and the worst show like all in one week probably. Dude, in I, the same club. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I got hired to do a private party in Vegas about ten years ago, and yeah, this is a while back, right? Yeah. But I mean, somebody they offered me like seven hundred fifty bucks to show up and do twenty minutes. Yeah. Right. I, I, cool. They set me up in the Venetian uh-huh. private suite. Great. And it was these, this couple. They'd seen me on the road, and they were renewing their. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know where this is going. So they see me in a comedy club where you're killing, and everyone's in a club sure. environment. Now I'm supposed to do 20 minutes in front of them and their immediate family right after they renewed their wedding vows. Ugh. Okay? But I went because it's Vegas and 20, I'm young and I'm single, right? it's 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's it, right? Dude, I get up, Matt. There is no stage. There is no microphone. I hate that. I am standing in front of a TV. Ugh. There are children, there's like two kids running around. One kid has like a fake sword. And he starts poking me in the ass with the sword right. as I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing my act, and I can't say, hey, fuck you, kid. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And like some reverse pedophilia thing. And he starts going, this is where poo comes out. Like, <laughs> so yeah. to answer your question, that's probably, that's probably uh, the, worst. the worst one. Anytime you go somewhere, and I won't do it anymore, anytime you go somewhere where there's no stage and no mic, yeah. If you don't have a mic, you have no control over the room. And I'll tell you this. You that that's, that's one of the things I didn't like about New York City is I, I did all these rooms. I'm like, okay, I moved here. Mm-hmm. I better do some fucking comedy. Yeah. So I did all these like bars and shit that just didn't have a stage. Like mm. anytime you don't yeah, have a yeah. stage. I did this one club in New York all the time for fucking free. Like every week. That's how shitty this club was. They what didn't was pay it? anybody anything. It was called... Fuck, I can't remember, but it's on like 53rd, um, on like the Upper West Side or Midwest Side. I don't know fucking how New York works. I was only there for nine months. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was called World, and they had like three rooms, and I went there in July, and I did this show, and the mic was like cutting in and out oh, in this God. one particular room, and I'm like, this is fucking awful, right. you know, because you got to hold the mic in a special way to make it work, and it yeah. still didn't work. Cup the bottom or whatever, yeah. So then I go back there in November or December, and I'm playing the same room. I usually play different rooms. So I'm playing this one particular room. It's the same I did in July. And the MC comes out and he goes, yeah, the mic's not working. So, you know, we're just doing that and the other. And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm leaving. Yeah. Because the mic wasn't working five months ago. <laughs> Which means you guys just let it fucking they go. They don't care. They clearly don't care, right? The improv did the same thing for a while, too. No way. Their the sound, mic was going out? No, the sound system sucked. And so every show, they'd have the MC switch out the piano mic with the, um, with the regular mic. And I think they were running it through like an AM radio, like Mr. Microphone. Oh, my God. 
That's, that's the most important element of a show. It's all you need. Why, why would they? Everything not, else is just bonus. And right. They're, they're the improv, and they just keep calling themselves the world famous improv. Step up your fucking game. Seriously, get a world Step famous mic. Up your fucking game. I mean, dude, it's sound, lights, audience. Those are isn't that in the order? Pretty much. <laughs> so, Biff, what we're telling you is the worst gig is all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do comedy. Actually, there's tons of great ones. Actually, it goes good most of the time. Oh, yeah. We just no. like to bitch. Most of the ones we do are, are great. I'm planning a trip. This is from Matt P. I'm planning a trip to Cali. Will you drive me around? Yes. We did this thing last year. I mean, what? last episode where like, people kept asking me for rides no matter where I went. Like, uh. a, like a audience, <laughs> an audience member in Brea was like, yo, full charge, what's up? Like, totally, like, buttered my toast. <laughs> like, totally, like, you know. I love your show. I love it. I love you. You were great. And then he was just like, can I get a ride home? <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Was he trying to be funny or was he for real? He was for real. Then he tweeted about, like, you could have given us a ride home, bro. Oh, my God. Like, no, I couldn't. I, like, and the, the, the only, you know, there's a chance you could kill me, but also there's a chance you could really fucking annoy me. <laughs> Even worse. This is not the full charge cab service. My boy Brandon McCurry, you know Brandon. Yeah, yeah. Writes, uh, favorite 80s guitar player. Ooh, I got to go with uh, Slash. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. I didn't even think of that. I was probably going to say, if, if, Re- if I'm in the 80s answering that question, I'd probably say Kirk Hammett. I was like way into Metallica. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Slash probably is the best. That, yeah, that's my... But I, I thought he was wanting us to say something obscure like the outfield or... Chelsea's on a vacation far away. Like yeah, no, no obscure references. We know who the best are. <laughs> They're fucking famous. By the way, let's thank your boy for uh, letting us uh, hang oh, at yeah, his place. Brandon McCurry ago. let us stay at his place in the middle of our triple run that we did in 2000, July of 2005, almost 10 years ago, my friend. Yeah. Can you believe that? Dude, and I remember... That actually that was so fun because we got drunk and we watched uh, that Nirvana documentary, right? Or was it the Metallica documentary? It was both. It was back to back. It really? was some kind of monster and then the Nirvana. And you and I were cracking up because Kurt Cobain is right when they first got famous. He goes, hey, everybody, I got a question. Uh, do you know how much money we have? <laughs> That's awesome. What's the name of that documentary? I don't, God, remember, I don't remember. But I remember it was really cool. I think cool. it's called like when the light, With the Lights Out. Or something. It's something like that because they're all switching instruments too. Remember, Kurt Cobain was on the drums. I do and, remember all this. Yeah. yeah, God, that's so great. Such that's such a. I always kind of like feel like I, like I'm kind of have an obsessive mind. Oh, yeah. I always want to like go back in time and like have Kurt Cobain not kill himself. Like <laughs> I'm so curious. Like I just want to hear more. It's just yeah. so. And they've dug into the basement and found like eight billion songs. But they're just not official songs, Nirvana songs. So they can't release it, or what? no? You know they keep releasing those box sets with like, here's this recording of this. Oh and yeah, this they're and gonna that. milk as much and money. It's just as such a tease. Like you just know you'll never have a new Nirvana song, and it's such damn it a fucking heartache. Uh, let's see. Can on iTunes? Can you download it? Yeah. Of course, it's all for just sale. Look. Yeah, and there's tons and tons of songs. But what I mean is, they just like they're just like random recordings of things that aren't ready yet. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Da, 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 da. How did you fellas meet? What's the funniest moment between the two of you? We met at the uh, the Crooked Bar. Yes, the, the first time teaser. I saw Matt on stage, and the first time, and you were uh, you you would just, I was nervous out of my mind. Like he, he was I used there. to have a lot more energy on stage because I was really nervous. Yeah, and you, you would put together a uh, you put together a, your a Chris set. Rock impression. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and you were you were doing 
<laughs> your thing is, I thought you were in radio before because in radio they teach you no dead air. You got to keep right. talking, and you just kept going. It was it was great. You're like. Full charge is like, yeah, man, so I went to 7-Eleven, get a Slurpee. What was it? Raspberry? Blueberry? I don't know. I don't know. Didn't give a fuck. Tasted good. I got a, bl- a blueberry pie. Hey, man, you like blueberry pie? I love blueberry pie. Four minutes of straight talking. Probably didn't talk all day, and then all of a sudden I just talked for four minutes straight. Do you, like, when, when you first saw me, were you like, this guy's out of his mind? Like, no, was when I, I first <laughs> saw you, I was like, wow. I was like, that's like a real professional comedian. You'd obviously, oh, wow. you probably don't think of yourself like that back then, or probably didn't at the time. But you obviously had a lot more like road experience than the rest of us at the Coconut Teaser because you had like these regular, you had these jokes. I could tell like you could handle yourself or had a lot of experience. That's how it seemed to me. Interesting. And oh, I, yeah, actually it, said, I actually said that guy's a real comedian. Mm-hmm. I really said nice. that. Nice. That's yeah. cool. Oh, I guess I was, we met in 98, right? About 98? Uh, yeah, 90s. 98, like September, October 98. I think, I mean, if we're going to count the time, I very first started, I think that was like three years in. Okay. Like at least like every sure, week that's, I'm getting up. You yeah, know? that's a lot more than a lot of guys there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guys that did have that much experience were just fucking around at the cricket bar too. They were just that's like, true. but still, let's face it, that doesn't mean they were like really good. There was yeah. a lot of guys that just like, yeah. You know, you learn a lot of bad habits at Hollywood open mics. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> you know, the problem is, and, and I think this is open mics in any city, yeah. not even Hollywood, but yeah. what happens is people want to please the back of the room. Yeah, I know. So they're there just Because well, the whole room is the back of the room. Exactly. So then you, get it, then you get an audience and you're like, oh, what? I just did the uh, punch the fetus in the cunt bit. Why are yeah, you not yeah, laughing? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, they're well. Like, um, because we're very disturbed by that. It's not a joke, it's just shock. But we have a lot of funny stories. We, funny, the, funny moments. I don't know. Just like we're always having a fucking. It's always a riot with us. Like, what can I tell you? Well, I love this. We were in Huntington, Virginia. One. This is very quick. We're in Huntington, Virginia. Oh yeah, Virginia. yeah. That was a good week. We were at the Funny Bone, and I, uh, I remember a couple of things. We talked about it last time. Uh, it that, doesn't matter. Uh, but th- th- this this might be a different story. But you and I were sitting there, and it's great because I don't think of you, you're not a judgmental person. <laughs> this was judgmental and hilarious. You and I are sitting there. <laughs> We're hungover. We're hanging out, and you go, "Look, man." I, you go, "Your your head's killing you." Like, I'm sorry. I just need some potatoes. I'll be cool. And we got one show tonight, man. You, you're always so happy. The less work we have to do, one show, man. And you know me. I want to like, hey, let's do three shows and right, sell, right. sell as much shit as I can. You know, let's, and that's it. We do one. By the way, Claude, check out that fat motherfucker. <laughs> I look behind me. This huge waddling man can barely go through the door. I, I spit out my Arnold Palmer. I was laughing. <laughs> Not proud of that, folks. Not proud of that. Hangovers are very bad for your personality. Okay. Have you guys ever run a chainsaw or chopped wood with an axe? This is from Lost Soul. Um, I've done both, dude. I've, I've chopped wood. I've run a chainsaw. I'd say within the last 10 years. Every time I go back to Southern Maryland, it's, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it's like an episode of Hee Haw. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm from the south. My parents just got a, a home in a, oh, not a home, a house in Tennessee. And yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, we got to chop wood. So, I, it's it's yeah. fun. I get out the BB gun. I do all this redneck shit. Four wheelers, mud yeah. dogging. When are you coming to Denver? You going to Denver, Claude? Oh, dude, I was just there. I was uh, there in December. Okay, and I'm not going. So, there's your answer, Mike G. <laughs> I'm up to go anywhere, but I don't have anything booked there. Yeah, man. Remember uh, the Bevin story? 
from uh, Huntington? Beb and yeah, there was this really cute girl named Beb and that worked at the Huntington Funny Bone. Hot little skinny blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had like a crush on her all week. Yeah, but she I was fine with I don't you. Really, I didn't notice it. I don't really uh, mess with. Uh, do you remember your move though? Yeah, I do remember the move. <laughs> I was I was brimming over with confidence because I just hooked up with this really cute girl the night before. <laughs> oh, that was the chick that drove like seven hours to see Tool. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> well, she saw it. Um, yeah, yeah. We had a bunch of people at our Friday night show that came into town. To see, this girl was from Georgia, and oh, she drove right. up to Huntington, West Virginia, to see Tool. Which I guess Tool's not going to Georgia. What the fuck? Yeah, that was or really Atlanta? Atlanta. Okay. Anyways, I hooked up with her, and then, um, and then the next day we're all that was a, that was like a week of just like horrible drinking, and yeah. then and, but it was so much fun. We're like we got to celebrate and kill our hangovers. <laughs> we went out on Sunday night too. And we're just filling the jukebox. Oh yeah, yeah. And this cute girl uh, Bebin is there. And uh, I had a crush on her all week, and um, even the girl I hooked up with knew it because I was playing darts with Bebin one night. Ah. She's like, "You sure we're hanging out with that blonde girl a lot? Like, who are you? Are you my wife now?" Yeah, I'm sorry, I just met you 30 minutes ago. When I was hanging out with Bebin playing darts, it was before I even met that chick. That's <laughs> and hilarious. she's already giving me shit yeah. for who I'm hanging out with before I met her. <laughs> but uh, Bebin's there, and she goes, uh, she says something to me like. It was right when they were leaving. We're like hanging out, having a good time on that. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, hey, she goes, I think you're like, she says something like, I think you're the cutest, I think you're the cutest thing in the world. And I'm like, yeah, I go, yeah, give, give me a kiss right now. Give me a kiss. <laughs> yeah, you just kiss me. What's the problem? Just kiss me. And her boyfriend is right there. Unbeknownst to Matt, I will say that, but her boyfriend is literally like right there. I know, and that's such an asshole move because I hate when dudes do that to me. Whenever I take my chick out, there's always some dude like, hey, what's going on? Like yeah. They just don't care. Yeah. I honestly didn't think that was her boyfriend because she wasn't hanging out with him all night. Well, she And he looked like a younger guy, but she was a younger girl, so I guess She wasn't hanging on him either. She just happened to be leaving. She, and with, she was with like him, hanging yeah. out with me and you like way more. more. Yeah. Um, well, I was picking her up and trying to make people spank her, you know. And, but it was so funny. She was like pointing with her eyes at him. Him and talking through it like a closed mouth, like oh, I can't really do it right yeah. now. <laughs> do you have any darts? In my, in my defense, I immediately shut up as soon as I realized she was like uncomfortable. By the way, that's not the actually that was the move. I was about to say it's not the move to tell a girl to kiss you, right? But right. if you do it with full confidence and can work, that's a. Uh, B. I'm glad I didn't just fucking kiss her, Dude. because that would have been a nightmare. Right. Right. So I guess I did everything right, even though. And your backup in the fight would have been me. Right, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could have taken that well, well, guy. Yeah, look, man, but, I fight dirty because right. I'm a skinny guy. So. But I honestly don't like being that guy. Like, I no, wouldn't I have done that if I knew that. I swear to God, as drunk as I was. Right. Not, there are other times where I'm an asshole, but that time I just wasn't. I was just dumb. I have a drunk full charge observation. This is how I know that you're, you're feeling good. Yeah. When you will randomly uh, quote a song <laughs> that's not playing... <laughs> Like I remember, dude. I distinctly remember that night. I always sat down. I go, so man. Do you, I literally said something like, uh, "What do you think of the week?" And you go, "She got a gold too. You know, she's hardcore. She show you good time. Then she show you the dog." Was that that week? Yeah. So I was singing about that girl, <laughs> right? I was, singing, I was No, not Bevan. I was uh, singing about the girl I hooked up with. Oh, Georgia. She was awesome. She just goes. She was cute She's too, walking man. out. She was walking. She was about to go back to Atlanta. And she just goes, it was awfully nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Life can be really great. Love it. Okay. Um, I don't know if we're going to have time for that. Uh, for those uh, clips. We'll do that next time. Oh, that's Let's fine. What are, are people? They got requests? They got questions let's just see if we can call i just kind of had that as a backup 
in case we weren't talkative today. But let's see what Eric Wendell has to say. All right. Mr. Wendell. What's up, dude? You're here with me and Claude. What's going on? Wendell. What's going on? What's up, Claude? How you doing, bud? I'm <laughs> uh, just chilling, dude. Just got on to Santa Ana. Oh, you're on the um, oh. you're on the car right now. Yeah, driving uh, on the five. Just got on to Santa Ana. Hopefully, uh, I'm a Norse spreader doesn't jackknife and uh, cause me to. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's it's three thirty in the afternoon here in Los Angeles, California. I'm sure you won't hit any traffic, right? No, it should be easy, easy, smooth sailing. What? Hey, for for those of uh, for those of the people listening uh, that didn't catch it, uh, that manure spreader uh, joke is a line from Fletch. There's a line from 1985 Chevy Chase Fletch movie. Awesome. Oh, Fletch. What was the quote? Fletch. Yeah, but what was the quote? 1985. No, no, can you can you say the quote again? What's the line? Mother uh, of God. I don't know, he shows up late to the uh, mine to the uh, Los Angeles Herald or wherever the fuck he's paper he's working on. He's like, yeah, manure spreader, jackknife on a Saint Anna or something. That's why he was late. So why don't you review Fletch? Well, we got oh, you on the phone. Fletch right now. Five ice cream trucks, fucking classic, awesome movie. I also own the sequel, Fletch Lives on Blu-ray. Perfect. You like Fletch Lives, too? Oh, yeah. I love those movies, dude. Those were great movies. Uh, I I wish uh, I always wish he would have made another one. He talked about a long time ago, like back in the early 90s, like when Kevin Smith was first getting hot right after Clark. He was talking about making, like, Fletch 3, and it just never happened. Fletch 2 is weird, though. Doesn't he go to a plantation or something? Yeah, he's on a plantation. Yeah. He, he inherits yeah, something. over the top. I mean, that's weird because Fletch is, a, like, a big L.A. movie. It's all about L.A., L.A., L.A. Mm-hmm. It's weird the, uh, the second one takes place in the South. Well, and then there's, oh, yeah. there's the Southern Preacher and all that. Well, know. he, he inherited... He inherit, sorry, he inherited... Uh, Belle Isle, <laughs> down in Louisiana, and he had to get out of there to fill out the paperwork and uh, whatnot, and of course, you know, a uh, mystery ensues, and uh, he has to take care of business. <laughs> so you get like a bonus review. Uh, mystery Jeff, ensues. So uh, Eric Wendell highly recommends Fletch and Fletch 2. Well, folks, that's yeah. the movie for you this week. I don't know if I can give Fletch Lives uh, five ice cream trucks. Uh, I'll give it like, you know, four and a half or something. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's all about Fletch one and that car chase and the ball bearings line. If you haven't seen it, oh, kiddos, go see it. <laughs> the fucking cop, the uh, costume designer should have got an Oscar for that, dude. When he was fucking roller skating down the fucking uh, strand at Santa Monica Pier with that fucking beard and shit on, that was fucking money in the bank. That was so awesome. <laughs> you have a way with words, my friend. Yeah. Um, anything you want to tell the audience? Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to see the movie yet, uh, in a theater. Fuck it. Uh, I did it. I, uh, but, you know, you got the, the Fletcher reviews. What, uh, what are your Oscar picks for this season? 
Well, I'm still disappointed that the Lone Survivor didn't get any kind of any kind of Oscar pick. I mean, maybe it got some smaller nods. I mean, I just looked at the major ones on IMDb and it wasn't in there, so I was a little disappointed. Yeah, well, I Wendell, Wendell, I I think uh, Lone Survivor was released too late. I don't think it was released till uh, January. So, oh, like, really? Um, that might be it then. So it's going to be up for next year, but the problem is it came in in January, so no one's even going to remember it. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. But it was a great movie, and we have already reviewed it. But uh, this year, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, picking, I'm sticking with my Gravity pick. I know it's going to win a bunch of stuff. Like, uh, I mean, when I first reviewed that, I, I'm still sticking with that. I think it's going to uh, uh, win a bunch. Because and, um, uh, I still haven't seen... I still haven't seen American Hustle, but it seems like it's winning a bunch of stuff, like it did at the Golden Globes, so maybe it's going to win a bunch also. So you're still in a strong stance against Adam Richman, who says gravity sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's wrong. He's the only one I've ever heard give a bad review of that movie. <laughs> okay, so anything else about the Oscars? Anybody else look good this year? Um, it looks like a major pick. You know, maybe if you ask me uh, next uh, show, I'll uh, I'll do some research. But since I'm driving, and let's... I'm trying to look at Google Maps right now, and I think I'm about to be lost. Okay, so uh, let's. I think I will have to uh, give the Oscar pick next time. Let's do this. We <laughs> might be doing it on Sunday. If I'm not working, we'll do it on Sunday. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll. Uh... Well, Sunday's the Super Bowl. Uh, it is. Um, oh, I thought yeah, it was yeah. next weekend. Okay. The second, yeah, for yeah, Sunday's the Super Bowl. All right. uh, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. I'll try to hit a movie up on Saturday. I got this music video today and tomorrow, so Saturday I'm off, but I'll try to watch something. All right, this is a little behind the scenes, folks. All right, buddy, <laughs> we'll, I'll call you later. We'll work this out. All right, cool, man. All right, later. Okay, man, be good. That was good. For- later. Woo! Um, that was great. The, the fans got to see a little behind the scenes. That's what it's like when we schedule, folks. Isn't it exciting? <laughs> I know you've been questioning that a while, right? What's the process that Full Charge goes through? What's the booking situation? <sighs> well, he seems in good spirits, man. If, that, if that's Wendell in traffic, dude, then Wendell is doing good right now. Yeah, because he usually he's freaks usually, out. Yeah, he, he, gets, he used to call me in traffic like... I realized like I was becoming the person he just complains to. And so he, he started calling me every time he was in traffic. Oh, no. <laughs> Folks, thanks for hanging with us. Um, I am Matt Fulcheron. I'm at the full charge. And Wendell is at, at Eric Wendell on Twitter. And Craig Coleman is at Team Coleman 76. At Claude Stewart's? Yeah, C-L-A-U-D-E-S-T-U-A-R-T. <laughs> Come see me in, uh, in Irvine on February 6th, 8 o'clock at the Irvine Improv. Claude, plug yeah. that thing once again. Oh, yeah. Come check me out. If you are uh, in the Upper West Coast area, check me out at Joker's Casino in Richland, Washington, February 6th through the 8th. Um, shooting a pilot February 13th to 16th. That has nothing to do with anyone. You can't, uh, you can't come to that, guy. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. Let's close out. And, uh, yeah, I'll just check uh, ClaudeStewart.com. The rest of my dates are on there. Kaboom. Thanks for coming out, everybody, and we love you, and, and, and we'll see you on the Internet. Oh, yeah. Meet me at the ice cream truck. I'll buy you some ice cream. You know what I mean? The show is obscene, but I bet you gon' like these three dudes.
was trying to get along. Craig Coleman and Matt Fulcheron. Don't forget to start the show. EA Dub, Eric Allen Wendell. Let's roll, trying to keep up. Turn up the AC stage, eating up. Eat it up, time to devour the full charge power hour. Fletch lives. Fletch 3 coming soon, starring Eric Allen Wendell. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hilarious. That was great, man.